Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Do you remember the actress Anne Heche? She hasn't done a whole lot. She was really, um, oh, she was she was a bit of a big deal for a moment there in the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, one, because her movie career was really taking off, but also because there was the whole Ellen controversy at the time. Right. Where And it's funny how we've changed. And 1998 was not that long ago, but I remember it being so scandalous that she was in a relationship with Ellen and that ended and then she ended up in a relationship with a man, a man that I believe she married and ended up having children with they, they've since divorced but okay. you know, it was just so how could she be with a woman and then a man how right. does that work, it was this whole thing you know, uh, and she, one of the, the biggest stories about her back in the day was that she uh, finally landed her first big starring role in a film called Six Days, Seven Nights with Harrison Ford. Right. And um, just before that movie uh, premiered, uh, the story of her being gay and with Ellen came out. And Harrison Ford, it is said at the time, was furious with her because they played a romantic couple in the movie. And all of this uh, spotlight on her being gay was taking away. Gotcha. And so at the time, Harrison Ford, pretty big movie star, and uh, I guess he kind of spread word through Hollywood that this woman is a pain in the arse, mm. and uh, she didn't get a... She has continued to work. I was just looking at her uh, her resume, and uh, she was doing something every year since, but she never really took off after that. And of course, her personal life... Well, through all of these years, has been uh, all over the place. Well, and I guess this weekend took a, a turn to the Fast and Furious type movie role. Yeah, so she ended up, uh, she was driving Friday night, driving her uh, blue Mini Cooper, and she ended up slamming it into a garage in an apartment complex. Residents tried to get her out of the car, but instead she just backed up and tore off. Shortly after that, she ran through an intersection, uh, sped through that and crashed into a house, driving almost all the way through it causing a fire that basically destroyed it. Uh, luckily, the owner and uh, the owner's pets were uninjured. But Anne, ha- Anne Heche was uh, pulled from the car, taken to a nearby hospital. The most recent report uh, says that she is expected to live, and her family says, in stable condition. She wasn't critical yeah. uh, at one point. Um, there's a couple of, of videos, one from like a house security cam that shows her car going by on a residential street mm. and it is flying yeah um and then completely lost control and there's another video i think from like a helicopter or something that that shows her like writhing on the stretcher like like trying to get off of it oh, and it really? really it really is something that there's you know there was obviously something more at play going on there yeah she's she's suffered uh with mental health issues for a very long time there was a story of her walking through the desert sometime in the early 2000s and ended up at some man's house in just her underwear where she basically demanded that she could take a shower and she hung out and wouldn't leave until she wanted to watch a movie and cuddle on the couch until the uh the guy finally called the cops and they carted her away and she's one of five children three have passed away and um, she claims she was sexually abused as a child from her father. So she's had a lifetime of, mm. uh, of chaos. So hopefully she's able to um, to get healthy and get the help she needs. They say that uh, they found a bottle in the car, an open bottle of booze. So mm. who knows what's going on there, but hopefully she's able to get the help she needs. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson have broken up lucky. Uh, what are you? What are you going to do, Craig? 
Pete's 28, Kim's 41, of course, with four kids. So they're kind of in different places. I, I just, I don't know. I thought these two had legs. <laughs> I know she's got a lot of ours. But I thought they had legs. And I guess the story goes that Pete is totally spontaneous and impulsive and wants her to be flying to New York or wherever he is on a moment's notice. And obviously Kim with kids can't do that. And Kanye's made it difficult. So they've called it quits. What are you going to do? He's going to have to go get that. My girl is a lawyer tattoo removed. Right. Well, I was going to say his tattoo removal guy or cover-up guy is going to have a lot of work again. Maybe whoever he dates next, he can just leave the my girl is and just have the lawyer flip to actor or. I wonder if his tattoo artist, like every time he gets one now, is like, oh, man. <laughs> Do you want temporary ink? <laughs> she just get wash away ink. Right. Um, flee from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was watching the uh, train wreck Woodstock 99 and, of course, Red Hot Chili Peppers were the closing act. Right. I Not that I had forgotten. I've always known this. But it's it's shocking to see Flea totally bare ass naked on stage. <laughs> and back in '98, he wasn't manscaping. No, no, okay. Anyhow, Flea was out with Anthony Kiedis. They were uh, roaming around, and a fan stopped them uh, just to say hi and thank them for their music. And they had a nice little conversation. And they all went about their business. And Flea praised the guy for not wanting a photo with them. Oh, Flea will not take photos with people he believes it ruins the moment he likes to be in the moment and have the conversation and he thinks the photo becomes a transaction and he doesn't like that so if you ever bump into flea don't ask him for a photo really give him your pants uh (laughs) weird request actors put in their movie contracts some of these are pretty good the rock vin diesel and jason statham were to suffer equal pain in the fast and the furious movies and none of them could lose when they fought each other. Wow. Yeah. They all had that. They all had to be equal. Yeah. My goodness. This is something you'd put in your contract and makes me applaud Samuel L. Jackson. He must be allowed to golf at least twice a week while big, on a film production. Big time golfer. And the production company has to pay for it and take him. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. And I bet he's not playing your little uh, oh, public no. course. You're picking the good ones. Yeah. Jack Nicholson, when he made Batman, his contract allowed him extra time off filming so he could attend L.A. Lakers home games. (laughs) (laughs) Queen Latifah added a no-death clause to all projects after having a death scene in a film called Set It Off. Oh, so she can't, her character can't die? die? No. Wow. Tom Cruise won't allow his likeness to be used for action figures or video game characters. My God, imagine the money they can make on a Top Gun video game. Yeah. Or is that that true? Because I know there's like some Australian dude, I think, that's uh, like making a career out of being a Tom Cruise lookalike. Well, that's fine, I guess, but he just won't allow it in action figures or video games. Yeah. Well, you'd figure if if someone else was making a dime off, you know, using his Mm -hmm. likeness, basically, Mm -hmm. that he wouldn't be all that happy about. Yeah, maybe he's tried to shut that guy down. When George Clooney made Gravity, he requested a basketball court and a private beach hut-inspired place for him to spend downtime in his off-camera uh, off time. I've always wondered, you know, we hear about crazy stories with, uh, with musicians and artists, and, and you wonder if that is actually the artist 
asking that or mm. wanting that, mm. or is it their management who are assuming that this is what they need and going a little over the top, or are they just going over the top and asking to see if they'll get it? I think there's a lot of that. I've, I've heard uh, people say, if you're in contract negotiations, ask for everything. Right. Ask for everything. Never-ending flights, you know. It, they, all they do is they say yes or no. Yeah. So throw it all at them and see how much you can get out of them. <laughs> when Dolph Lundgren, my gosh, this is going back. When Dolph Lundgren was He-Man in Masters of the Universe, wow. he had it in his contract that he got three attempts to get his lines right before being dubbed. <laughs> <laughs> now we know why Dolph doesn't work so much anymore. <laughs> right. And this is great. Uh, Roger Moore had unlimited Monte Cristo cigars when he played Bond in Live and Let Die. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, a mom in Ireland shared a photo online of her baby girl. And it's a really cute photo. Baby's got a big laugh going. And uh, the baby with that big laugh just happens to look a lot like Woody Harrelson. <laughs> they put side-by-side photos, and she does. You know, Woody laughs. A kid looks just the same. Woody saw it and responded in wow. the most heartfelt way by writing a poem. He said, you're an adorable child, flattered to be compared. You have a wonderful smile. I just wish I had your hair. <laughs> <laughs> a marriage counselor shares top complaints from wives. Uh-oh. <laughs> How many men just shut their oh, yeah. <laughs> Turn the volume down. Uh, we've only got a minute here. It's like a shopping list. We can go for days. We can be here all yeah, day. Yeah. But basically, in a nutshell, fellas, if you want a perfect union, you got to practice active responsibility. Okay. All right. So when you see dishes that need to be washed, Wash them. Right. When the car needs filling up. And this is on both sides, I believe, especially. This one's for the ladies. When the car needs gas, you know how to go to a gas station and fill it up yourself. Gotcha. Uh, That's, it, this is active responsibility? This is active. Do things. Don't stand around waiting to be told right. what to do. You know, waiting for your wife to tell you to get the kids' lunches ready or make the bed or clean the bathroom. Gotcha. What do you want me to do, honey? Yeah. Be active. Huh. Not passive. <laughs> passive aggressive? No, well, there's a lot of that in my, in my house. Official temperatures are taken in the shade, not under sunlight. Okay. Just in case you thought maybe, no, it's not that hot. Right. Michael Jackson's first solo number one hit was the song Ben in 1972 from a horror movie called Ben about a killer rat. Michael was 14 years old when he recorded it. Really? More music stuff. Jennifer Lopez was the first woman to have a number one movie and album at the same time. It was in 2001. The movie was The Wedding Planner and the album was J-Lo. Oh. Yeah. The people who created the MP3 used the same song over and over to test their compression. Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega. They picked it because a warm a cappella voice is the hardest thing to compress. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, the first CD to ever hit the market was the Billy Joel album, 52nd Street. It went on sale in Japan in October of 1982. How much was that? I mean, when CDs first came out, yeah. you know, like 24, 28 bucks an album. Yeah. And that was at a time when cassettes were like 10. 
remember um, when radio transitioned from vinyl to CDs. And radio stations would have, like, CD weekends where you were supposedly able to hear the difference. But radio is analog. <laughs> and I remember the stations uh, that I worked for that in the, in the process of switching over. You know, you had three turntables in the control room. And then they started bringing in these CD players. And much like early microwaves, these things were massive... <laughs> Clunky operations <laughs> that never really worked properly. You know, you'd you'd cue up a CD and you'd hit play and it wouldn't fire or it'd stop in the middle of it. And it was early days of, a, of the CD player. The company 3M got its name because it was originally called the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company. Oh. 3M. All right. Yeah. Um, one of your nostrils is always breathing in more air than the other one. But they trade off every 15 minutes or so to make sure there's always one that's clear to handle smells. Oh. Yeah. It's a, it's an odd little piece of machinery, right. this nose of ours. Uh-huh. It does a lot. Trades off. Yeah. We don't even know it. So what if you got a big uh, loogie stuck up in there? You, uh... Does it... Does... Does it clear itself? I don't know. Yeah, it ends up, you end up, it ends up or in the back I, Or I guess throat. that's why you don't realize it for a little bit, and then you'll figure it out. Yeah. When it switches off. Yeah, maybe. You hear it whistling in there. And you get your second knuckle up there. <laughs> get it out. Right. Um, per, uh, people first started saying, God bless you after someone sneezed back in the 14th century as a prayer to protect them from the plague. Oh. Yeah. Now, of course, we do it to protect us from COVID. Right. Um, the holes in Swiss cheese come from microscopic hay particles, if you ever wondered why Swiss cheese had holes in it. Uh, I don't think I ever wondered. Yeah. I just thought it was to tell it apart from other cheeses. <laughs> so it's not, you don't get confused with mozzarella. But no, it's some hay particles do it to the cheese. And finally, Dave Thomas founded Wendy's before he founded Wendy's. He worked for KFC. Oh. Yes. Did I tell you the uh, Dave Grohl KFC champagne thing? Dave Grohl KFC champagne? So in his book, Storyteller, yeah. he talks about performing somewhere, and he's uh, about three-quarters of the way through the show, and he starts getting really hungry. So he kind of shuffles over to side stage to scream at his manager to go get KFC. <laughs> Really? So, so, you know, all my life, I can't see all my life. Uh, anyhow, so the manager does. He goes, he sends some minion out to grab buckets of KFC, and they bring it back and put it in the dressing room. But in the dressing room, supposedly, there was only champagne to drink. Okay. So Dave just starts mowing back on this KFC and swilling back champagne, and he says the combination is the best. Wow. So I've told, I told Doug Elliott about this. I've told the lovely Maria. One of these nights, that's going to be the bottle? Yeah, bucket and a bottle of champagne. The problem is I got to do it in my own home where I have <laughs> direct access to the washroom because I love me some KFC, but it doesn't always love me. <laughs> this guy had had it with um, spammers, you know, people sending him spam emails and trying to make him do things and share passwords and get him to click on links and so that he could get, you know, basically robbed. Right. Uh, and so he came up with a terrific way to deal with the junk mail and the spammers. He decided he wanted to waste their time as much as uh, they were wasting his. So what he did was, when a spam email would come in, he's got a, another email set up 
uh, where he would uh, uh, have a canned response. So it would say something like, sounds exciting, I'm on board, let's get going on this project, whatever it was, simple and and uh, to the point. And then he would say that he needs them, the, the spammers, to leave their information in a special form. Oh. And he's got a link. But it requires them to set up an account with an email and a password, like when you sign up uh, on a comment part of a, a website. But he has it set up so it'll never accept their password, <laughs> and there's an endless list of reasons why. <laughs> like, password must contain at least one number, must contain right. a postal oh, code, this... must end with dog. <laughs> That's so great. The best part of it all, he gets a report showing how much time they spend trying to pick a password. <laughs> so he's not taking it for any money, just their no, time. Just wasting their time. Nice. Spamming the spammers. So that's how he deals with the junk mail. Now, another issue with junk. Okay. And I can relate to this dude. <laughs> he was uh, running a 400-meter race last week, and he was doing very well. Things were going along swimmingly when his junk popped out of his shorts. <laughs> and it kept happening so much it slowed him down, and he finished last. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a relay? Because you don't want to pass that baton. <laughs> the godfather of the grill, Ted Reader, Theodore Reader, Mr. Reader, right. whatever you want to call him. He's on the line for Halinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you today? Uh, hot. Sticky. <laughs> and vertical. Uh, yes. Now, before we get started, I just want to mention one quick thing. I was uh, going through your Instagram, and I saw you uh, had a video that said avocado and steak. And I said, oh, i got to look at that. And then as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, this looks really good. And then I realized it's because I'm in it. (laughs) 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 And uh, and, I just want to remind people that you've got these terrific cooking, uh, grilling videos on uh, YouTube and Instagram. Uh, and uh, it's you and me, and it's you and other friends all grilling. So uh, go take a look at that if you want some great tips in grilling. And now we are going to talk about this time of year, Lucky. Well, it is. It's it's corn season with fresh Ontario corn coming out. And with as hot as it has been, throwing on a pot and heating it up and boiling it in the kitchen might not be uh, your favorite thing to do right now to get corn going. So I thought, let's ask Ted about corn on the grill. Uh, corn on the cob. Corn is good. We were actually, uh, on the weekend, we uh, were catering a wedding. And uh, part of the menu was uh, fire-roasted corn on the grill. <clears throat> and so what we do, and it's it's a bit of work. I'm going to give you give you the long method, and then I'm going to give you a really super easy method to making great corn. Good. All right? Okay. So if you want to fire-roast corn, um, what I like to do is I take the, co- the cob of corn, and I carefully peel it back and remove all the silk that's in there. Don't take the husk off. Just peel it back so that you can expose the ear. Banana take out all the little, the little fine hair. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Now, put the husk back up once you get rid of that little fine hair. And then soak it for about an hour in water. The whole ear. Ice cold water. Then fire up your grill. Get it to... Uh, you, you don't want to cook these at a super, super hot temperature. More like around medium. 350, 400 degrees. Okay. And you're going to roast those ears of corn on the grill, turning them 
every five or six minutes until they're golden brown and lightly charred and the husk is charred all on the outside. Okay. And the corn has been steamed on the inside of the husk. All right. And then you peel that hot husk back, give it a twist, and you've got a handle, and you're ready to eat your corn. It's right. a bit of work, right? Yeah, right. Well, that silk stuff, I always find it to be a complete pain in the arse trying to remove. Is there a trick to getting it off of that corn easier? You can you can put the ear in the water first, okay. and then when the silk is all a little bit wet, it kind of clumps together, and it okay. makes it a little easier to remove. Perfect. And take a pair of scissors and cut the big part off right at the top. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Now, easiest way to do corn, though, in this hot, hot weather, if you don't want to stand over the grill and you don't want to boil a pot of water, shuck the corn, peel it right down, okay? Take a piece of paper towel and moisten it. Wrap the ear of corn in a piece of paper towel completely, all the way around. Right. Put it on a plate, pop it in your microwave. On high, less than two minutes, you got a perfect ear of corn. Really? <laughs> Any longer than that, you got popcorn. <laughs> That's it. It's super, super, super. I learned that from my wife. Now, well, your your wife is a smart woman and a divorce lawyer. Very that. smart. Very smart. <laughs> yes. Uh, Do you yeah. take her to the weddings when you're catering those, Ted? Is that no. a backup plan? No. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever catered to a divorce party? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know what? There would be a great service your wife could offer to clients. Not only will I help you with your divorce, but my husband will uh, he'll grill for the uh, divorce party afterwards. That's a nice little yeah, side Yeah, that'll service. go over well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to corn, of course, the go-to, butter and salt. But uh, is there other, any other Teddy Reader-style toppings we like with corn? Well, there's, there's the Mexican style, which is you brush the ear with a little bit of mayonnaise, and then you sprinkle a cojita cheese, which is a, a fresh cheese, crumbled. You sprinkle that all over top of it, some fresh cilantro and a squeeze of lime and maybe a little shake of uh, some spicy bone dust on there if you want, or some tagine spice out of Mexico. Mm -hmm. And that's a great way to do it. But really, if it's Ontario sweet corn, you don't need to put the butter on it. You don't need to do anything. Just really? eat that sweet corn as it is and enjoy the beautiful flavor. Yeah, sometimes things are best just kept simple. Mm-hmm. Just like this radio show. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Teddy, if people want to talk grilling, how do they get a hold of you, pal? You're going to find me uh, in the social media world at Ted Grills and at Ted Reader's Barbecue the Joint. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.